Hello and welcome to the Daily Gopher Podcast. I am your host, U Street. With me this week, I have Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello, hello. And Blake, Iowa Gopher. A pleasure to be here as always. Now, Blake was not part of Great Takes Less Filling, which we released uh, last weekend. On that, Andy uh, provided some not necessarily friendliest for three-year-old language about the offense and defensive performances, predominantly focused on the absolute garbage that was the Gopher defense against Maryland. Blake uh, predicted that the Gopher defense was going to be terrible, and I was informed in no uncertain terms that he would uh, like some time to gloat about that fact. So while you should implicitly boo this man for gloating about a terrible performance. Blake, care to gloat? I wouldn't necessarily call it gloating. Um, that would imply that I get some satisfaction out of this. Um, and admittedly, this team is more um, enjoyable to watch when they're good. Um, but I did receive quite a bit of pushback for my pessimism last week, um, especially in relation to the defense and my prediction that Maryland would, would emerge victorious. And I just got to say, you guys, you got to trust me. You know, just a little more trust would be nice. Um, you know, I know what I'm talking about, about 25% of the time. So um, just show some faith, guys, moving forward. We will do no such thing, but we will transition into discussing Illinois. Blake, the first and foremost, because we live in a pandemic hellscape, is that there is, in fact, some COVID-related issues that might be affecting Illinois. I will also go on record to suggest that, very unfortunately, I suspect there will be at least somebody of importance out for Minnesota due to COVID. I don't base this out of any inside sources. I do base it on the fact that in his press conference, PJ Fleck appeared to allude to something of that nature, and Fleck famously does not give out injury reports. And this year is giving out no information, at least before games, about COVID casualties. So Blake, what do we know about Illinois' COVID situation? So as of this week, um, Lovey Smith in his press conference said they haven't had any, any new positive tests. I believe he said that um, Monday and also said that the same players that were out against um, Purdue in week two would also be out this week. Um, they had a total of 14 players that were out in week two, not necessarily all due to COVID. Um, the only two confirmed positive COVID tests were their starting quarterback, Brandon Peters, and then a reserve tight end named Griffin Moore. Um, and the uh, rest, I think they had a couple. I mean, I heard there's an unconfirmed uh, report that there was about six uh, six that were out due to contact tracing and then six that were out um, just due to injuries. And of the 14 um, that were unavailable for that Week 2 game, they had three starters, obviously the quarterback, um, their starting center, Doug Kramer, and then their starting kicker, James McCord. Um, of players that uh, of players that had played Week 1 that were unavailable Week 2, um, their backup quarterback, Isaiah Williams, uh, wide receiver Kirby Joseph, Offensive lineman Jordan Slaughter, uh, defensive lineman linebacker, and a DB. So obviously some spots in the depth chart are there are going to be a um, little little thin come Saturday. And then I, um, they had I think one, two, three, about five other guys that just didn't participate week one, but were also unavailable week two. That may have been the the injuries that were reported, but just guys that probably aren't going to contribute um, very much the season until they're ready. But yeah, I think when the reason I want to break it down is because you hear 14 players are out using, oh my God, that's a huge outbreak. But, and some of it too is just depth guys. And not, I mean, I don't know how many of these guys are what I would call key contributors, but obviously um, 14 players is never good, especially for depth purposes. So um, yeah, they will be a little shorthanded uh, come Saturday. 
Well, while they will be shorthanded, and we here at the podcast and the blog, of course, hope that anyone who is out for any reason, but especially due to COVID, recovers quickly and remains completely healthy afterwards, we know that Illinois also does play football as well. And so we'll start with the offensive side of the ball. Blake, uh, given the anemic performances to put it charitably and optimistically about Minnesota's defense over the last couple of weeks, how terrified should Minnesota fans be about the Illinois offense? I mean, it's. I said this last week, too. I think it's more of a situation where you should be more terrified of the Minnesota defense than the Illinois offense. Um, I mean, at quarterback, I mentioned starting quarterback Brendan Peters is for sure going to be out. His backup, the true freshman Isaiah Williams, I think was a contact tracing casualty, and he, as far as I know, will not be available again this Saturday. So the third-string guy, uh, Matt Robinson, I think lasted one drive against Purdue, and then he got hurt, so then they get down to their four-string quarterback, uh, Richard sophomore Karan Taylor, who's sort of a chaos quarterback. Um, you know, he's got, he's got legs to avoid pressure, and he can make throws on the run, but he also had four turnovers against Purdue, uh, two interceptions and two fumbles, so he's just kind of uh, a feast or famine. Um, but it'll be another four-string quarterback that the, oh, that the Gophers face, whether that's a break or not uh, remains to be seen, um, but I think he, he has the benefit of a pretty good uh, receiving core, um, led by Josh uh, Bebe. He's definitely their top wide receiver. He's yeah, going to get a, a lot of attention um, in the secondary. I think Wisconsin and Purdue both made a priority in the secondary to bracket him in coverage, and he's his production so far has been very minimal um, as a result, but one guy who has benefited from single coverage on the other side is junior wide receiver Brian Hightower, who's at uh, five receptions for a team high 123 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. Um, and they've also got their tight ends uh, pretty involved in the passing game, too. They've got, I think, Luke Ford, and then I want to say Daniel Baker is the other one. But, uh, but yeah, they're an up tipped offense. They're going to try and spread you out. Um, I mean, in past years, they've probably had more of a rushing attack than an air attack, but this year I feel like when – with Brandon Peters a year in the program, they were going to start airing it out a little bit more, especially with how much they lost at running back to um, this year. They have uh, junior running back, Mike Epstein, who is just your typical white running back. And I mean, if you're having nightmares still of Jake Funk running through gaping holes in the Minnesota defense um, for the Maryland game, uh, make some room in your dream space for Mike Epstein. Cause I'm sure he'll have plenty of room to run on Saturday. Um, but the other guy to walk, watch out for running back is uh, Western Michigan transfer Chase Brown, who actually had a pretty decent game against the Boilermakers. He rushed for, I think, 73 yards and 11 carries, uh, which is good for about a 6.6 yards per carry average. Um, they got a very good, very experienced, I wouldn't say very good, but very experienced offensive line, even with uh, their center um, out. It's guys that they've had multi-year starters uh, on offensive line, and um, they're pretty, they've been pretty steady so far through the first two games. Um, obviously, I had some trouble against that Wisconsin defensive front, but uh, I think the big takeaway is they've got guys at the skill position that can probably make Minnesota hurt if they continue to play if they have the first two weeks. Um, and their quarterback, like I said, is just kind of that chaos QB is going to make some crazy plays, also make some stupid plays. Um, so really kind of a mixed bag, but again, as I said, it's really going to depend on what you get from that Minnesota defense, but uh, I think Illinois does have the, the players to probably make them pay at times. So, Andy, what do you think we're going to get from that Minnesota defense? Well, um, if trends hold, it, it ain't going to be pretty. Um, hopefully, the 
they've been able to figure out some things this week, especially, you know, assuming you're going to be facing a four-string quarterback, if you could just fix your run game woes, that would go a long way. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we see a little bit more uh, different personnel on defense. Um, we're still waiting for Donald Willis and James Gordon to make uh, an appearance at the linebacker spots. They've played a little bit of special teams the first two weeks. Um, rumor has it they were both coming off of uh, previous COVID quarantines uh, going into week one, which is why they didn't see much time against Michigan. Uh, obviously, they've now had another two weeks of, of practice under their belt, so one would hope that maybe they're willing to uh, or ready to step in, um, whether to replace Cody Lingenberg or, or give Mariano Sari Marin a, a bit of a, a reprieve. Um, you know, uh, between that and, and trying to figure out a pass rush, obviously, um, Thomas Rush has been, has been gashed pretty bad, uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, you'd love to see more of, of Boye Mafe, uh, but as we saw against Michigan, Mafe seems to have about a 25 or 30 snap ceiling. Uh, otherwise he, he fatigues pretty quickly and, and doesn't really become too effective. So, um, yeah, Joe Rossi, PJ Fleck have some definite, uh, questions on their hands and, and hopefully, uh, they've, they've done some tweaking, they've done some scouting and they're, they're ready to make some changes and, and get this defense in a better spot on Saturday. But, uh, you know, and, until we can actually see it happen, I don't, I don't think anybody can really trust that, uh, they're going to have things fixed right away. I would unfortunately agree with that, mostly because it's deeply annoying when Blake turns out to be correct about something and gets to gloat about it. But also I think that right now the two key changes that need to be made for Minnesota's defense to have success against Illinois, and this is not incidentally new information from either of my two compatriots here, our blog or other discussions that you may have seen about the Gopher defense, is that the linebackers need to make substantially better pre- and post-snap reads. There were multiple plays in week two for which both linebackers seemed not only to get caught up in the wash, but arguably caught each other up. Uh, at least one that I'm thinking of where both linebackers more or less ran into each other and blocked each other, leading to a large gain for Maryland. So that's the first thing that I would hope to see against Illinois that gets cleaned up. The second one is more consistent pressure and positive angles. And by positive here, I mean good angles, not you know positive degrees. Good angles against the quarterback in obvious passing down situations. Minnesota admittedly was playing against a very mobile quarterback, but consistently took poor angles, turning in at least a couple of plays that I think last year with the rush ends that we had, so Carter Coughlin, would have been sacks. This uh, against Maryland turned into extended positive plays for Maryland. So those are the two things that I think you're watching for in terms of growth. I'd also like to echo Andy from last podcast, uh, what we did last week week discussing the fact that pending on the outcome of this game we may see a ton of players play on defense we didn't expect to otherwise especially if in some sense this turns into a bit of a preseason game the offensive side of the ball on the other hand for minnesota is not replacing a bunch of starters so its performance uh, it should at least be a little bit more stable and the offense has put up points but blake are there anything that we should be looking out for in terms of illinois defense that minnesota's offense will likely key in on uh, I think you want to keep an eye on the secondary. Um, there was some optimism coming into the season, I think, on that Illinois defense just because they had three returning starters. They added in um, Derek Smith, who's a transfer safety from Miami, and then they have Marquez Beeson, 
who was their highly touted freshman quarterback last year, who missed most season with injury, and he's back healthy now. But um, even with all that coming back, they've just been getting torched uh, through the air. And it doesn't matter if they're playing man coverage or zone. Um, especially last week, Purdue just picked them apart, um, especially when they had their all-Big Ten quarterback, Nate Hobbs, um, matched up against Purdue's David Bell, who's one of the best wide receivers in the Big Ten, and Bell just destroyed him all day long. So I would expect them to line up Hobbs against Bateman. And, you know, I know Bateman's had kind of a quiet uh, season to start the year, um, and even Tanner Morgan, too, hasn't really had a chance to just uh, sit back and sling it. Um, but, I mean, that secondary is definitely ripe for the pick-in. Um, but one matchup I... I will also be watching too is you know Minnesota's had a really a lot of really good success running the ball to start the season um I know if there's a question of whether uh Axel Rushmeyer will be available Saturday he um left the game against Maryland with an undisclosed injury and did not return was replaced by Nathan Bow at guard and um yeah he kind of struggled there especially in the fourth quarter when they tried to, to run the ball and run the clock out um but they will have a pretty good defensive they will be up against a pretty good defensive line uh, their starting defensive tackle, Roderick Perry, is a South Carolina State transfer, and he's a preseason uh, FCS All-American. They've also got a freshman defensive tackle, Johnny Newton, who was pretty impressive last week when he was inserted for um, the regular starter, Jamal Woods. And on the edge, they had a couple defensive ends that had, had a, some huge games against Purdue. Um, see defensive end Owen Carney racked up three sacks, and then Isaiah Gay, who... Served a suspension in week one, um, was back, and was also very effective as a pass rusher. So, I mean, if Minnesota's going to drop back and try and pick apart that secondary, um, you can bet Illinois is going to be put in there as back, and Carney and Gay are going to be in his ear all day long. Um, and then one other name to watch at linebacker is uh, Jake Hansen. You know, he's there. He's their field general. He's going to be all over the field. He's going to be the guy that probably racks up the most tackles um, in the game. He was actually knocked out at the Wisconsin game in week one with an injury, but uh, returned last week, and... Love the team tackles with 14. Um, they also return uh, the other two starting linebackers from a season ago, Milo Eifler and uh, Kalan Tolson. So, I mean, it's a solid defense. They gave up, you know, 45 points to Wisconsin week one, 31 to Purdue last week. And a lot of that, as I said, came through the air. Um, but they're solid up front. They've got experience in that front seven. So, um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of givens as there was last week against Maryland's defense, especially up front and in the run game. But uh, um, we'll see what Saturday brings. So, Andy, what do you think Saturday will bring for Minnesota's offense? You know, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, last week, obviously, uh, Mike Sanford and, and Matt Simon had pretty much gum into the game going that they were going to try and, and grind uh, Maryland to death. And, and uh, Mo Ibrahim and the Gophers did that fairly well for three quarters, and then they continued with that game plan without any real adjustments in the fourth quarter, and it all burned and went to hell. Um so I'd love to see a little bit more flexibility in the game plan, at least, uh, this week. But, no, it'll be interesting to see if, if they, you know, they want to go in with obviously more of a, a run-pass balance or if they feel like Illinois is going to be the most vulnerable through the air. So this is this is going to be the Tanner Morgan, you know, breakout game where he throws the ball 45 times. Um, it, it really is it's tough to tough to tell, I think. I think no matter what, uh, Minnesota's going to want to put the ball in Mo Ibrahim's hands, you know, several times, uh, just try and, and, and control the clock. Uh, PJ's always sort of been that run control offense. That's been his favorite. But if the passing game is there, uh, I would hope that they would let Tanner Morgan try and uh, exploit some matchups and try and find some some uh, good matchups, whether it be uh, 
freeing up Chris Ottman Bell or whether it be seeing if we can finally get a breakout uh, game from Rashad Bateman, get him into the end zone. Um, or maybe this is the week they actually find the tight ends for more than one or two dinker dunks, um, other than Koki for the Michigan game, I guess. So, um, you know, that's been the one thing, I guess, and honestly, it's only been two games, so it's tough to tell. But yeah, the consistency has been completely lacking going forward. So uh, I really don't know what to expect on Saturday. I hope it's uh, beneficial. I hope it goes well. But uh, honestly, all bets are off. I would say in terms of the matchup that would be interesting to watch is actually a matchup of what the offensive coordinator wants to do in the second half. I actually believe that Minnesota's offense through the first couple of weeks has shown that it can put up points, it can put up a lot of points, it has the ability to run the ball quite well, and over time, the conservative nature that stems in many ways from the head coach, P.J. Fleck, had in the fourth quarter can be very challenging. So what I would hope to see is not only more creative play calling, but also more of a willingness to recognize they have NFL wide receivers, including a likely first-round NFL draft pick, and throw them the ball. Blake, your prediction for this weekend. I I just have zero faith in this defense right now. I mean, there's just there's so many problems at every level. You know, the defensive ends just can't set the edge. Linebackers are just running into piles of blockers and can't plug gaps. Safeties are just taking the worst possible angles to the ball. Uh, I mean, there's what string quarterback is Illinois coming out with? And they'll be having the four string quarterback who had a fair amount of success against Purdue. Um, I mean, we saw Talia had struggles the week one against Northwestern, and he looked like a world beater against Minnesota week two. So um, I think it's I don't think it's a intimidation of Illinois. I think it's more about um, what Minnesota does to itself. I mean, it's just a lot of self inflicted wounds on their part and I mean they've only forced two punts through the first two games so um, I mean it's possible that they'll show some market improvement I just I hesitate to, to assume that there's going to be a miracle fix walking through that door um, week to week um, so I'm going to have to go Illinois 42 Minnesota 38 well, I should just note for our listeners that forcing two punts last week was two more punts than they forced in week one. So based on that linear trend, they will force four punts against Illinois. Andy, what's your pick? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm sort of torn. I think this could be the game where the Gophers finally get a few things figured out and, and you know, break the trend. But I could also see them just coming out and, and looking lost again. Um, I'm going to give them one more week uh, out of blind faith uh, because we're Minnesotans and that's what we do and then we get our hearts crushed on the back end. Uh, I'm going to pretend that things get figured out a little bit. It's a lot closer than we all would have predicted a month ago. Uh, But I'm going to say the Gophers pick up a 38-35 victory. I think if Minnesota loses to Illinois when Illinois is starting their fourth-string quarterback, lulls, the rest of the season won't matter, but also Minnesota in a shootout. I don't have a specific score prediction. I do think if you are nonpartisan that this game will potentially be quite a bit of fun to watch, either because it is very stupid or because there are a lot of points on the board. Uh, But we hope that all of you who are partisan not only tune in this weekend, but also make sure that you check out the Daily Gopher for all of your Minnesota-Illinois previews, as well as the beginning of a variety of the other sports that are kicking off, including hockey and basketball. And with that, go Gophers, Sky Yuma, row the boat. 
boat.